The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm, making us sound good today. It's Ashley Pickle. Howdy. When's your birthday? March 25th. Okay. Why? We'll just need to make a note of that. When's your birthday? That doesn't seem important. Mm. Um, You said March 24th? 25th. 25th. Okay. Yeah. Because Dave's is the 14th. It's March 14th. Yeah, my brother, or my cousin's is the 14th. Pi National, the the Pi Day. 314 is Pi oh, Day. Oh, yeah. I guess I never put that two and two together with Dave. Did you, yeah, did you never have like Pi in like elementary school and stuff no, on that I, day? We were, we were not allowed to have nice things where I grew up. <sighs> oh, yeah. In what? <laughs> Coppell? <laughs> we ended up in Coppell, but I've seen some things. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Llano, Texas. I have seen some things. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> we had some rough upbringings. Uh, do we have first four through the door? We sure do. Um, it is Patrick Abraham, Robin Hathaway, Jacob John, and Greg Veet, I believe, would you be how you say his last name? Uh, his name's Greg, so he's obviously trustworthy. Today is Thursday, October 24th, 2019, 35 days until Thanksgiving. It's five weeks from today, people. Episode 844, 844. This is the Jerickson Profar episode. If you list all the players who ever played for the Rangers, Jerickson Profar is 844th alphabetically. That's like your go-to when you have no other stat well, to find. <laughs> yeah, there w- and, and, and we're now getting to the point where stats are getting a little bit more rare. But yeah. the good thing is that at the very least, um, we have we have numbers, numbers of players. <laughs> 1139 with Richie, oh. with Richie Zisk. All right, so, well, we'll be here for a while then. Uh, on today's show, guys, we're going an hour. We'll do it live. F it, we'll do it live. We have Thursday games to watch. And it is actually, there are some times where this Thursday games to watch segment is kind of like, okay, I'm going to try to sell you on some games that might be interesting. <laughs> um, this is not one of those weeks. It is an awesome slate mm-hmm. of games tonight. Uh, we will talk about that. Then, 12-15, we have a great guest. We will be joined by the head coach of the Harleton Wildcats. Uh, coach Kyle Little will join us. He has helped to turn this program around in a hurry. Um, Harleton had been really struggling the past couple of years. Uh, they bring in um, they bring in Kyle Little, who is the offensive coordinator over there uh, at Hallsville. And in short order, he has turned them around. They are 6-2 and two right now on their bye week. They have been sensational. Uh, and so we will and got a big win last week over Tenaha, which is a huge win for that program. We will talk with Kyle Little of Harleton coming up here in just a little bit. Back half of the show, our usual... Uh, back-to-back segment. Uh, we'll have the picks, my high school ball predictions uh, for week nine of the Texas high school football season. And then, as always, and the, the show Johnson ends after that. You don't think people want to see Ish? No, uh, people definitely want to see Ish. I'll give you that. But as long as yeah. Ish, we, I'm sure we can find something no, we'll fun have, to we'll talk have, about we'll with We'll have Ish on. He'll sit in that chair. Mm-hmm. He'll do free money. That's well, coming up with the back half of the show. <sighs> 
So, as I mentioned, uh, the Thursday slate this week, I, I, I want to be clear. We're now at a weird point with the Thursday slates because normally during district season, maybe there's one really interesting game. Maybe there's two, right? Uh, occasionally there's a college game here, but it very rarely yeah. kind of gets that kind of interest. Um, we're at that weird part of that season. But then in a couple of weeks when the playoffs start, there will be a lot of Thursday night playoff games uh, pretty much throughout the course of the playoffs. Which so at the very I mean playoff games are inherently interesting. Like even if it's if it's a game between one team that's ten and zero and a team that's one and nine, that's an interesting game because it's the last game of the season for somebody. I, that's interesting. Yeah, I feel like that's true. Yes, but out of nowhere, we have one of the most entertaining Thursday nights of the week or of the year rather in week nine. <laughs> Just out the of most nowhere. interesting Thursday night of the week. It definitely is that. It's definitely the number one ranked Thursday night this week. But it's an outstanding Thursday slate. We will start first and foremost in the college ranks. As tonight, if the only Ish was here. The number 16 SMU Mustangs go to Houston. 6.30 p.m. Friday night or tonight at e, on ESPN. Um, and look, it's a ranked team. And I'll tell you that I think if before the year you had told people, hey, one of these teams, SMU and Houston, is going to be ranked Number when, 16 they play, when they that. play. One of them is going to be a top 20, 20 team. Yeah. I think you would have been like, oh, man, Dana Holgerson's really going to cook in there at Houston. <laughs> yeah. Instead, it's SMU, who's obviously been sensational. We've talked a lot about them. They now go on the road to play their in-state AAC rival in Houston. Uh, it's an old Southwest Conference matchup, if you want to get into that. Uh, and this is a really fun matchup because... You know, SMU's obviously rolling right now. Uh, they got that big win at home against Temple. How do they handle what will be a, an atmosphere again uh, in Houston? But the other thing that's interesting is that we don't really know where Houston's at. It sounds like Clayton Toon, their quarterback, is going to play. He practiced throughout uh, throughout the course this week. Sold out last week uh, because of a hamstring injury. It sounds like he's going to play. That should give them a boost. So they should play better than they did against UConn. Coming home should obviously give them a boost. But let's also be honest that they are fundamentally without five of their key players, right? I mean, mm -hmm. Dierk, the Dierk King thing is well documented. Keith Corbin's obviously Two receivers, yeah. yes. And there are, you know, there are these there's the accusation rolling around that Houston is tanking. I, there's no benefit to tanking. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and, you know, it's not like you you get a draft pick. This is a really interesting matchup. Uh, what I'm most interested in in this one is how does the uh, the secondary for Houston match up with what is suddenly a very dynamic passing attack for SMU with Shane Bouchel and company. And and if if you know we'll get into it in free money as far as the the matchup stats are concerned. Or not. But that is that is that looks like it's going to be the biggest advantage that SMU has is when they throw the ball because Houston's secondary has just not been good. Uh, but we'll get more into that in, in, in free money, but that is a really interesting matchup tonight, 6.30 p.m. tonight on ESPN. Houston visits, uh, welcomes in SMU. There's another college football game, if you're interested, on ESPNU. Uh, as uh, in beautiful Prairie View, Texas. Prairie View A&M will host Jackson State um, in, in a big FCS matchup down there in, in the SWAC. Prairie View A&M uh, lost three in a row, bounced back last week with a with uh, you know they've won their last two of their last three games. Uh, they've played very well. 
Dewanya Tucker, their the the four Terrell star, has been excellent for them. Going up against uh, a Jackson State squad that uh, is coming off of their uh, an overtime win over Mississippi Valley State. Uh, they are a they are a, a this is a game that on that really and truly Prairie View A&M, especially at home, should win. But if you want to get some eyes on some really entertaining uh, FCS football, you've got an option tonight on ESPNU, uh, 6.30 p.m. as Prairie View A&M plays Jackson State. And hey, how often do you get a chance to see Prairie View A&M on broadcast television? Not, Go, get, not often. Get an opportunity to watch them. Okay, so into the high school ranks. Where we have legitimately a terrific night of games. <laughs> terrific. Everywhere you look. In fact, uh, uh, so um, Jay Plotkin, our, our correspondent, has a, uh, a list of his Thursday kind of viewer's guide on TexasFootball.com. We won't run through all of them, but we'll run through the big ones. First and foremost, and you'll see it soon in the picks, arguably the best game of the week is tonight. Yeah. North Shore plays Beaumont-Westbrook in Beaumont. Um, 7 o'clock tonight. It's on Texan Live if you want to watch that. We'll talk. We'll go way too far into it in the picks. Spoiler alert: That's one of the spotlight games. Uh, but a huge. I mean, you have two teams, top ten matchup in five in six A. Number eight Westbrook hosting number five West uh, North Shore. You've got a an unbelievable uh, pedigree between between these two squads. You've got an, a great coaching matchup. Everything like oh and year, yeah, Westbrook's trying to stay undefeated on yeah. the year. That's huge for them. Last year, last year. Um, this game was a blowout, but both these teams ended up being in state championships, playing on the final day of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both look like they could do it again, and so this is a huge matchup tonight. North Shore and, and, and Beaumont Westbrook. Also in Texan Live, this was a game we had circled before the season that admittedly, I will admit, has lost a little bit of its luster. Uh, Alvin Shadow Creek takes on Richmond Foster tonight. Uh, Richmond Foster is a squad that early in the year they took a, lo- a non-district loss to uh, to uh, Fort Bend Travis, and then they lost to Friendswood a couple of weeks back or a couple of weeks back. They get a nice bounce back win over Angleton, um, but this is probably the last. This is the last big hurdle for Shadow Creek. If they don't, if they win this game, they're going to finish the year ten and out. They're number two in our rankings right now, and I'll be honest that that there are. We've had this conversation around the office about how Frisco Lone Star is our number one team in 5A Division One. Mm-hmm. N- Shadow Creek is two, but that that gap is narrowing. And I'll tell you, if they come out there and they put the business to uh, to Richmond Foster, then I think that we're going to give them some serious consideration for number one. They Who does been, Lone Star have this week? Uh, Lone Star has a team they're going to beat. Okay. They're done with the Colony. They're yeah, done with that's fair. all those independents. Don't, don't, yeah. I can look that up, actually. Um, I don't have to just be um, flip about it. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Lone Star plays. Come on. Where are you? Wi-Fi, man. The darndest thing. Let's see. Lone Star plays Frisco Centennial. The okay. Two and okay. five. Yeah. Computer is no. in 58 point favor. So, yeah. They're going to... They're, they're gonna, they're, Lone Star is finishing 10. Right. Oh, absolutely. It would be a huge upset if they didn't at this point. Right. Uh, once they got past the Colony, that was a big matchup. So... Um, I mean, this is a showcase game for mm-hmm. for uh, and, and Foster certainly still got their weapons. Ryan Stelfield, their quarterback, has been great. Uh, they got a receiver, uh, Cody Jackson, who's been very good. Defense has been a little bit off, and that's going to be a big problem for them, in my opinion. But uh, other games uh, involving uh, another huge game, massive game that we didn't necessarily see coming before the year. Georgetown Eastview plays Flugerville Weiss in that crazy District 13 5A Division Two. Your favorite district, Flugerville <laughs> Weiss, in their second varsity pro uh, varsity season could at least put themselves in the driver's seat to win the district where they win tonight. Weiss has been awesome this year. Their defense has been excellent, and they have run the ball exceptionally well. 
Eastview uh, got off to a very hot start with new coach Jared Fikach. Uh, they have dropped two of their last three games. They lost to Leander Glenn last week. This would be kind of getting back on there, getting back on the on the good foot. This is a really interesting matchup down there in Central Texas. I believe Step's going to be there. Yes. He's going to be at Eastview and Weiss, so that's a big game. Manville's in action if you're interested in that one, uh, and they're playing Houston Sterling. Sterling's actually not a bad team. Um, they are uh, they are five and three and five and one on the year, but this is uh, to me they're the third best team in that district behind Fort Bend Marshall and Man- and uh, Manville. Manville should win this game, but if you want to watch Manville. Um, go out there and, and, and play. This is a, a game that's available to you. Also ranked teams in action. Lubbock Estacado takes on Perryton. Perryton's struggling right now. Fifth ranked Estacado in four division two is your heavy favorite there. And San Antonio. San Antonio Brandeis uh, continues to look un, unbeaten in 28-6A. They take on San Antonio Warren, who needs a big win to stay in playoff contention. This will be a huge win for war- the Warriors if they can pull it off. We'll see if they can uh, tonight. Cy Fair, number nine in, uh, in 6A, is also in action. They take on a struggling Springwood squad. But, by the way, not on this list, DeSoto and Mansfield Summit is tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mansfield Summit, 6-1. DeSoto somehow flying under the radar. Uh, but this is a really interesting matchup, and I think the first big, big, big test for DeSoto. Um, going on the road to Vernon Newsom Stadium to take on Mansfield Summit, a very capable Mansfield Summit squad. As I mentioned, unbelievable slate of Thursday action tonight. Really good. Whether you want to go to a game, which, do it. Go to a game if you have the means. Absolutely. Or you want to sit on your couch and you want to turn on Texan Live. Or you want to sit on your couch and just turn on ESPN to watch uh, SMU and Houston. Or you want to turn on your couch and turn on ESPN and you watch Prairie View A&M and, and Jackson State. You Great. got options. Great night of football across the Lone Star State on Thursday night. We can't often say that. But I say that very sincerely. I will lie to you other times. And I will <laughs> tell you, it's a great night of Thursday, Thursday. action. When in my mind I'm going... Great night of Thursday action. Deep, a lot of fun. We're going to have eyes on it uh, all night long at TexasFootball.com. So that is your Thursday game to watch. Make sure you check out Jay Plotkin's Thursday viewing guide on TexasFootball.com. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That's our subscription package. Two magazines, a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. A lot of good stuff there, including playoff projections are up right now. Playoff projections are up right now. I'm going to say that again. Playoff projections are up right now for insiders. TexasFootball.com slash insider. Wait, what are up? Playoff projections. Oh, okay. Uh, you can check out uh, texasfootball.com slash insider to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Makes a great gift as well. You get two magazines. Uh, it, I, I guess there are holidays coming. Spooky I, season. It's spooky season, as our producer says. S-Z-N. So, season. So uh, it's spooky season. So make sure you <laughs> check that out. Uh, if anything, do it so you can see the um, uh, the playoff projections. In any case, become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider today at texasfootball.com slash insider. Ashley, let's go to the hotline, and let's bring in the head coach of one of the more remarkable turnaround stories in the state of Texas in 2019. We're joined by the head coach of the Harleton Wildcats. We're joined uh, by Coach Kyle Little. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great. How are things out east? Oh, man, just great. Just living the dream. I'll, I'll tell you, it, it seems like uh, things have got to be very happy around around uh, around Wildcat country these days. Obviously, coming off of your big win last week over Tenaha, you guys now move to 6-2 and two, uh, on the year. Uh, a year after this program uh, had sunk to 1-9, and nine, um, 
you know, I, I know you you came in. You were the uh, you were the def- uh, office coordinator over there at Hallsville. Take the job at Harleton. Uh, now, um, what has been the biggest uh, uh, the biggest you know reason for for the turnaround? Do you think? Uh, they really just needed a change. Uh, you know, philosophy change. You know, Coach Ward did not leave this place in bad shape. Mm-hmm. The kids, they work their guts out, and they really do. I mean, from day one when I got here, these kids were working. And I, I even asked them, you know, after we, I've been here a week or two, and I was just sitting there watching them, and I kind of called them up. And I said, you know, do y'all work like this every day, or y'all just trying to impress the new coach? And they all looked at me like I was crazy. Uh, they they work their guts out. Um, but, you know, just a change in philosophy. We changed the offense up, and I think it, you know, it fits these kids a lot better. They they love the style of football that we play, but you know they were they were just hungry to win. Uh, I want to ask you about that game on on Friday night. You guys go take on Tenaha. Tenaha is, of course, a program that really needs no introduction at this point. One of the uh, most decorated programs, uh, you know, in 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 two A football. And you guys go and get get a huge win. Uh, I, I guess you know. Did that feel like? It feels like to me, it's a huge win for your program. Is it? Is it a huge win for your program? It is, you know, because um, like you said, that's one of the Ten Hall is one of the premier programs in East Texas. You know, made deep runs in the playoffs, state championships, and all that. And for us to beat them, that was, you know, I guess you would say a statement game for us. Uh, so it was really big, and it was big for the kids, big for the community. Uh, you know, it was, you know, just a really, really good, solid win for us. Uh, the, you know, you mentioned the offensive change. You guys have gone over to the wing tee. Um, yes, sir. Uh, uh, you know the system that you are you are most uh, most known for, and this is a an, an offense that um, I think you know. I'm always interested in asking coaches uh, who run these styles of offenses about getting kids to buy in on this because this is an offense that is not. It doesn't make stars. You know, it doesn't. It, it this is not an offense that you get a lot of headlines and you're putting up those jaw dropping numbers. Instead, it's everybody kind of doing their job and we're going to make this machine move forward. So, how did you get these kids to buy in on on this kind of philosophy? Well, really, it's you know a perfect fit for these guys because they like that. They like old school Smash Mouth. You know, when I got here, that was one thing that I was kind of concerned about to a certain extent was you know will they be willing to do this and. You know, and I started talking to some of the parents and the kids and stuff like that. And then I found out that th- that's what they wanted. They wanted old school smash mouth uh, football. So they were good with that. But then, you know, like you said, you know, it doesn't feature one certain kid or and it's not the flashy spread offense and stuff like that. But the way I sold it to them is, you know, we have three backs in the backfield and you're all three going to get the ball. Yeah. And, you know, and they they really bought into it and obviously you know winning makes everything better but you know we've been having success we're winning and we're spreading the ball around different guys are getting it uh but i I tell you it's a testament to our kids just the type of kids they are um nobody is jealous of anybody else everybody does their job you know they block they carry out their fakes they do all that and i tell you i bragged on him the other night and i'll throw his name out there cole ring he's one of our running backs and he has like 600 yards rushing right now he came off the field the other night i mean he's smiling ear to ear like coach did you see it did you see it did you see my block mm-hmm. you know like he he didn't come off i mean he had 120 something yards rushing the other night didn't say a word about hey did you see my run he was thrilled i mean like he's <laughs> jumping up and down like coach did you see my block you know because he i mean he went out there and knocked the piss out of some dude you know so you know that's just the type of kids that we're dealing with over here 
Uh, we're talking with Kyle Little, the head coach of Harleton Wildcats here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation. Hashtag TF Today. You know, Coach, if there is a guy who's gotten headlines the past couple of weeks and really throughout the course of the year, it's, it's, it's Hunter Wallace. I know this is a guy you were really high on coming into the year. Uh, he had a, a, a huge game a couple weeks ago against Beckville. Uh, another big game last week against Tenaha. Um, you know, I, we can look at the numbers. We can look at the you know the, the five touchdowns he scored against Beckville or the couple of scores he had against Tenaha. Uh, but but you're the guy who gets to, to interact with him. You're the guy who gets to see him in the locker room and, and in practice. What is it about Hunter Wallace that makes him special? He well, it's just that he's special. Mm-hmm. And you know, and like you said, you know, they he's been he's a four year starter on varsity. But you know, his freshman year they went two and eight. Sophomore year one and nine. Junior year one and nine. Uh, he was injured a couple times and stuff like that. So he hasn't put up the big numbers and he hasn't got a lot of attention, but I'm telling you, he is a special football player. Uh, somebody, some college is going to need to come in here and take a look at that kid. Cause he can flat out play, but he, he actually, you know, I, I didn't know what to think of him coming in because I knew that he was kind of the, you know, the main player around here. And I was like, well, you know, is, is he going to be cocky? Is he going to be arrogant? What's he going to be like? He is none of that. I mean, he is a great kid. He doesn't say a word. I mean, like, he doesn't talk. He doesn't say anything to anybody. He shows up every day. He works his guts out. Uh, I mean, he, he was sick with the flu all last week, and I was kind of worried whether he would, you know, be able to play against Beckville or not. He was sick with the flu, and he was trying to come up here to practice, and he's, you know, in the bed sick. And, I mean, like, it was tearing him up to have to miss practice. But, He's just such a great kid and just a worker. I mean, he's out there every day grinding. And then, like you said, you know, and putting up big numbers. And, I mean, he's he's a special, special football player. But he's a just a great kid, and he's a great leader. I mean, he leads by example. Cause like that, he don't say a word to anybody. He just goes out there and works hard every day. Uh, you know, the other side of the ball, and I know Hunter's on that side of the ball as well because it is 2A, and, you know, we got we got, we got got places to fill. Uh, you guys uh, have really stepped up defensively, and, and, and in the past couple of weeks, it seems like your defense has, has gotten better as the season has gone on. Um, I'm, I'm interested from, from your perspective of, of what do you think has been the biggest, uh, I, I guess not difference, but, but what is it about your defense that is humming right now? Well, uh, it was a new, a new scheme that we put in, and, I, and I'll give Coach Hammock credit. Coach Hammock is my defensive coordinator. They, he puts together a really good scheme every week, and another big deal was uh, the coaches we brought in. I, I was able to bring in some very experienced coaches, and we got uh, Ed Perez, who's been an AD around Texas and been a defensive coordinator. He's got years of experience, and I got uh, – Greg, uh, Greg Raymond, he's got a lot of experience. He's been a defensive coordinator at several different schools. And so I got a couple guys in here with several years of experience. And Coach Hammock even talks about that, that when they go in there for defensive meetings and game planning, just, you know, how much, you know, knowledge is in that room. And so they, you know, they put together a good plan every week. And like I said, you know, it's a new scheme. And so, you know, the first couple of weeks, the kids are learning the new scheme and stuff like that. And so we finally got, you know, the kids have a hang of the scheme and they know what we're doing now. And so now we can fly around and play fast. And, you know, that was kind of what we were going for is, you know, we want the kids to be able to fly around and play fast and make plays. And we're getting that done. But like I said, Coach Hammock and Perez and Raymond and them, they put together a really good plan every week. Uh, I'm, I'm interested. You know, Harleton's a, a small town. You know, it's a, this is the the the, the school's got a heck of an enrollment in the, in the low 200s. Um, do you get the sense that, that the town's getting excited about this? I mean, the, six, the, the past couple of years, you know, this is a team that had won four games the last the last three years combined. 
Uh, now they're off to a six and two start. Do you get the Do you get the feeling that the, that the vibe around town is is getting pretty fired up? Uh, it is. Yeah, I mean the town town is really really happy. You know they and they just they want a competitive team. That's all they ever asked for. And so anything past that has just got them thrilled. But yeah, I mean the, the and you know the town is the town is very excited. The kids are excited and just the atmosphere around school. And that's what some of the coaches who were here in the past that was one thing they said they said you can just tell the difference around school mm. of how just everybody's attitude and everybody you know just the atmosphere around school has changed uh we're talking with kyle little the head coach of harleton here on texas football today get involved in the conversation hashtag tf today uh coach you guys are in your open week uh you guys are are, are don't have a, a game tomorrow night uh but i know that this is still a work week for you guys uh what what are you hoping to accomplish in your open week uh, I talked to them a lot, and I said, you know, this is really, you know, it's not an off week. It's a bye week. I said, but, you know, it's a week for us to work on us. So we need to, and I, you know, and I don't want to say go back to the basics because we never left the basics. That's all we do is just work on fundamentals. But, you know, one thing is getting healthy. We, you know, we've got some guys beat up and banged up. And so, you know, a week off kind of helps us get some guy get our legs back under us and get healthy. But also, you know, just work on little things here or there that you know we can work on us i mean we have not installed a game plan for garrison we you know we just got film on them so we have not installed any kind of a game plan so there haven't been any scheme talked at all all we're doing is just going out and working fundamentals and you know like i said just working on us to fix the little things that we've been doing wrong and like i said trying to get our legs back under us and get healthy a little bit uh, and and finally coach you know after your open week um i mean it's it's not like things ease up for you. Uh, you guys will go on the road uh, to Garrison uh, and then finish it up, uh, you know, at home against Joaquin, who is, you know, currently, you know, the the, the other team that's at the top of the district right now. Uh, you know, as far as Garrison is concerned, I'm not going to ask you to give away your game plan, but when you take a look at what you're going to be up against uh, next Friday night uh, against the Bulldogs, uh, what what do you see? Uh, Garrison's a very very tough team, and they they got hit hard by the injury bug. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's when you're small school football and you lose two, three, four kids, that's really big. And they, they've lost several kids to injuries. I think they're getting some back this week. And so they may look like a very different team, but they are traditionally a powerhouse out here in East Texas. They're big, they're strong, they're physical, they're fast. You know, they got Porter back there at running back, linebacker. I mean, they're, they are a very good, solid football team. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's going to be a tough game there. But, uh, you know, we, we just need to do what we do, and that's control the clock, run the football. And, you know, if, if, we, can, if we can keep the ball and keep Porter on the sideline, then Porter can't score touchdowns. And so that's kind of our game plan going in every week. Uh, and finally, Coach, you know, this is um, – we shouldn't really be surprised that you've helped turn around this program in, in short order, considering this is not your first turnaround job you know you, you helped to do it at Gladewater uh, then of course you went to, to Mineola you know you were alongside Joe Drennan for a lot of the, for a lot of those times um, and, and so I know that there's no secret to turning around a program but would you tell ev- me and everybody else what's the secret to turning around a program <laughs> I tell you the the big thing and I would say is the administration the community and stuff like that the support that I've got from them mm-hmm. they they listened to me and whenever i came in and said i need these things they said okay let's make it happen Mm -hmm. so that's one of the biggest things that you run into right there you know because some people say they want to win but they don't really want to do the things that they need to do to win or they're more you know and one one thing i told them when i interviewed for this job 
is some people are more comfortable with their old problems than they are new solutions. And I said, if you don't want new solutions, then don't hire me. And, you know, so they hired me. They trusted me. And when I told them, hey, I need to do this, they said, okay, let's make it happen. And so the school board, the administration, everybody's been really, really good. The parents have been good. And, you know, like I said, the kids, they were just hungry to win. You know, some of the programs you go into and the kids have been beat down for so long, they, you know, they just – you know, kind of give up the fight. I mean, these kids were hungry and the parents were hungry. And so, you know, that, that was the biggest thing is, and then like I said, bringing in the coaches. I mean, I told them number one, I said, that's one of the first things I have to do is get good coaches in here. I can't do it by myself. And that was, you know, what Drennan always told us, like, you know, I'm not out there doing this by myself. I've got to have good coaches alongside me. And so they let me bring in good coaches. He is Kyle Little. He's the head coach at the 6-2 and two Harleton Wildcats. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the fantastic start. Uh, enjoy your open week as best as you can, and then best of luck next week against Garrison. Yes, sir. Thank you all for the coverage. There he goes, Kyle Little, the head coach, Harleton Wildcats, joining us here on Texas Football Today. Uh, okay, so I want to pull this up. Harleton, there are 94 teams in 2A Division One. Okay, 94 mm-hmm. teams. Got it, 94. Uh, in our preseason computer rankings, Harleton was 87th. Oof, okay. that's low. So, yeah, we're talking 8th from the bottom, guys. I mean, this was this was a program that we we didn't even project to be good. And we, you know, especially when you have program, you know, some guys coming back, you know, they had five stars on both sides of the ball um, coming back. But with a new coach, they were 1-9, they were 1-9, one and nine, two and eight, I think, in the last three mm-hmm. years. They'd won four games. This is a program that looked stuck in the mud. Okay. For them to be six and two right now is amazing. They have not yeah. had they have not had a winning season, uh, I believe, since two thousand and I just exited out of it. But they haven't had at least in the last five years. But Harleton is rolling right now. Two huge games to finish the year, but that win over Tenaha is so big. And they I mean they're they're cruising towards the playoffs. They're going to get uh, they get Joaquin or Garrison, and then they get Joaquin, and those are you know two programs that are are going to be tough, two two tough games. But you know what, Ten Hall was a tough game. And they ended up coming out with that win too. So, uh, tell you too, Coach Little Man, if if he ever gets tired of coaching, he could be a broadcaster. Great voice on that guy. I'm telling you, a great answer, great voice. Got some pipes. Impressive. Very, very <laughs> impressive. Anyway, we appreciate Kyle Little for being our guest here on Texas Football today. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Coming up soon, we'll have free money up on, here mm-hmm. on Texas Football Today. No, but we won't. before we get to that, week nine of the Texas high school football season kicks off tonight. Uh, probably about, about first game's like at six. Six, yeah. Yeah, first game's at six. So in a mere. Five and a half hours. Dun, dun, dun. Huge games all across the state. Here are my picks for week nine of the Texas high school ball season here on Texas Football Today. Three weeks left in the Texas high school football regular season, and the fight for the playoffs begins now. These are the picks. Welcome into the Picks, presented by Visit Arlington, your guide to the Texas high school football weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Week 9 of the Texas high school football season is now upon us, and if you kind of feel like the season is coming to a close, that's because it is. We're just three weeks out from the final week of the Texas high school football regular season, and then 
it is playoff time. So if it feels like the games are getting bigger. That's because these games matter even more down the stretch. There are huge games all across the state, but we start in Beaumont. 7 o'clock Thursday night at Memorial Field in Beaumont. It is a 21-6A slugfest between the Beaumont Westbrook Bruins and the Galena Park North Shore Mustangs. What are the keys to this matchup? Well, key number one, starting fast, and that has been the name of the game for the Bruins this year. Westbrook has been sensational in the first half of games this year. In fact, they have not trailed at halftime yet this season. And if you go back to what was arguably their biggest game of the year when they took on then-undefeated Beaumont United, they came out and made a statement, taking a 32-16 lead into halftime and never looking back. It is absolutely critical for the Bruins to start fast in this game. Can they run out to a lead on the defending champs? Key number two, full strength. And that is what Galena Park North Shore is slowly getting back to. You know, uh, the Mustangs have been without a number of their key weapons throughout the course of the year. Whether it's running back Zachary Evans, who was held out of a couple of games earlier this season, or it's been wide receiver Shadrick Banks, who is just now back from a nagging foot injury that cost him the first half of his season. But they are getting healthier, and for Demetrius Davis, their outstanding quarterback, that's good news. He's got more weapons around him. But look, there's going to be a little bit of rust once they get all these weapons back on the field. Now that North Shore is back up to full strength, what do they look like? And key number three, 49 points. That's the margin by which Galena Park North Shore beat Beaumont Westbrook last year, 56-7, in what was just another demolition on behalf of the eventual 6A Division I state champs. You know, a lot of the talk around this game is going to focus on the fact that both these teams played for state titles last year. North Shore, of course, won it with that remarkable Hail Mary victory over Duncanville a year ago, and Beaumont Westbrook gave Longview everything it wanted before eventually falling short in the 6A Division II state championship game. But remember, we do have a data point here, and that data point is 49 points. That's what currently, we believe, separates North Shore from Westbrook. Now, I think Westbrook is better than they were last year, especially on the defensive side. They've really impressed me, and quarterback Trevor Yeoman has stepped up in a big way. Uh, but North Shore is North Shore, and for Westbrook, they have to close that 49-point gap. Can they? Who am I picking? I'm going with Galena Park North Shore. I think one thing we haven't mentioned much so far is their defense, but the Mustangs defense is really hitting on all cylinders, and I feel like it has grown up over the past couple of weeks. We know that they were going to have to replace some pieces from last year's team, and it looks like those pieces are starting to fill in. Now, look, if you're Beaumont Westbrook, you want to hit a couple of home runs with your outstanding quarterback Trevor Yeoman in what has been a really good running game for the Bruins. I think they want to turn this into a slugfest, make this uh, a bit of a home run hitting contest because they have the weapons on the outside to challenge this North Shore defense. But I will say that with North Shore getting healthier, that is scary for everybody in all of 6A. I think that a full strength North Shore brings home a victory. Let's keep it on Thursday night, 7 o'clock Thursday night at Vernon Newsom Stadium in Mansfield as the Mansfield Summit Jaguars welcome in the DeSoto Eagles for a District 7-6A clash. What are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, offensive balance. You know, there's a lot of talk about these two quarterbacks in this game. Mansfield Summit quarterback Caden McKinney has been really, really good, and I'm starting to believe that Samari Collier, the, the quarterback for DeSoto, is becoming more and more of a household name. Uh, but... I believe that the winner of this game is going to be the one who ends up dictating the running game, who is able to find that offensive balance 
uh, that makes the, both of these offenses so dangerous. Jaden Lott, the running back for Mansfield Summit, has been really solid so far. And when he gets going, the Jaguars are pretty hard to stop. To say nothing of Jason Brown, the, the running back for DeSoto, this is a team that when they are able to establish a ground game, uh, makes that passing game all the more dynamic. So, who can find that offensive balance? Key number two, juniors off the edge. And if you are interested in young prospects at the pass rushing position, this game is for you. You're going to see two of the very best and brightest young stars in the pass rushing game. For DeSoto, it's Shamar Turner. The defensive end has been absolutely sensational. Already has eight sacks on the year, and he is a menace off of the edge. And for Summit, it's, Cam it's Cameron Washington, who has been really excellent this year and I think is starting to have his coming out party. He had eight sacks on the year coming into this game, and he figures to be a problem for the DeSoto offensive line. So... Which edge rusher can have a big game, and more importantly, which offensive line can stand up to the test? And key number three, late and close. So Mansfield Summit has actually pulled out some pretty impressive victories so far in their six and one year, and they've done it in a way that makes you feel like they're growing up. Their win last week over South Grand Prairie really showed me something. They were able to close out a very close game, much like they did against rival Mansfield a few weeks before that. DeSoto, well, they haven't played a close game. Really and truly, they've kind of come out there and dominated everyone that they have played. And that's not to say that that's a bad thing. I'm quite sure that Claude Mathis is not going to apologize uh, for going out there and dominating most of his games. But if this game does become late and close, is that advantage for Summit? Who am I picking? I'm going with DeSoto. I really think that this quarterback, Samari Collier, is the difference for this DeSoto team. He is growing up in a hurry, and he is becoming one of the most dangerous players in all of the DFW Metroplex. And if they're able to get the run game going, that's going to make them especially dangerous as well. Not to mention, their defense has been great, and Shamar Turner is certainly worth the price of admission. For me, the name of the game for, for Mansfield Summit is going to be protecting the ball. You don't know how many possessions you're going to have in this game. They have to play a clean game and hit a couple of home runs over the top to pull this upset. I think this game has a chance to be close, but I think DeSoto brings home the victory. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Buccaneer Stadium in Corpus Christi. It's a massive battle on the coastal bend as Corpus Christi Miller takes on Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. And let's just take a moment to acknowledge what Justin Evans has done at Corpus Christi Miller. This is truly remarkable. Their win over Flower Bluff last week was really impressive. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, let me paint it to you this way. From 2014 to 2016, Corpus Christi Miller won three games. Three! They're now undefeated and on the cusp of winning their first district championships since 2001. What a job that coaching staff for the Buccaneers has done. But now they get a big test because it's going to be quarterback Andrew Bodie for Miller taking on what has been an outstanding Veterans Memorial defense led by their linebacker, Jaden Mora. The key for me is going to be Veterans Memorial's running game. Can Kobe Piper have a big game, keep the ball away from this explosive Buccaneers offense? But you know what? I'm a believer. I think Corpus Christi Miller brings home the victory. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Hawks Stadium in Wall. It's a matchup of 3A unbeatens as the Wall Hawks take on the Eastland Mavericks. And after last week where we had six matchups of undefeateds, this is the only matchup of undefeated teams in the state of Texas. And yet, what a game it is. You know, Wall was awful impressive last week in their other matchup of undefeateds when they took down Jim Ned 14-7. The defense was absolutely sensational in this one. And they will need to be great again. 
going up against Texas Tech commit Baron Morton and this high-powered Eastland aerial attack. This is a different challenge for this wall defense. It's going to be really interesting to see how Eastland attacks them. Wall's 48-game district winning streak is in legit peril in this game, but I think the Hawks pass this test. Give me Wall. In 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Tiger Stadium in Rockdale, it's one of the great rivalries in Texas high school football, the Battle of the Bell, as the Cameron Yo Yeomen take on the Rockdale Tigers. And you know this game has lost a little bit of its luster uh, because of some uncharacteristic district losses for both of these teams. But I'll tell you, I think it has a new sense of urgency because if you take a look at the district standings, the loser of this game really may end up seeing Grandview in the first round of the playoffs. That is very, very bad news. So I expect uh, both teams to pull out all the stops in this one. Two great quarterbacks going at it uh, for this matchup. Well, you got Cameron Yo, quarterback Braden Brashear. He has been very solid to go up against Rockdale quarterback Jace Robinson. But who finds stops? This game's going to be pretty pointsy if history tells us anything. In fact, the last 14 matchups between these two teams have averaged 67 points a game. So uh, feels like this is going to be a bit of a high-scoring shootout. This game figures to be close. Uh, I think I like Cameron Yo by a hair. But those are far from the only big games in week nine of the Texas high school football season. Let's get to the lightning round. Malakoff gets by Dallas Madison. Give me San Antonio Roosevelt over San Antonio Johnson. And I like Southlake Carroll over Keller Central. Lufkin beats Magnolia West. Rawls beats Tohoka. And give me Alvin Shadow Creep to keep rolling with a win over Richmond Foster. Give me Laredo United over Laredo Nixon. I'll take Poth to beat Natalia. And I like Rockwall over Tyler Lee. Fall City beats Charlotte. Pflugerville Weiss beats Georgetown Eastview to take control of that wild district. And I like Post to get by sundown. El Paso Americas beats El Paso Pebble Hills. Mission gets by McAllen Rowe in a big time matchup down in the Valley. And the Reds are back, baby. I like Midland Lee over Amarillo Tascosa. I like Austin Westlake over Buda Hayes. Midland Greenwood beats Fort Stockton. And Lancaster gets by Mansfield Timberview. Great matchup of 4A quarterbacks, but I like Argyle to get by Melissa. Give me Dumas over Canyon in a close one. And a suddenly very interesting game in Central Texas. I like Hewitt Midway over Colleen Shoemaker. Hawley beats Stanford. Beeville Jones stays perfect with a win over Bernie. And what may be the first of two meetings, I like Geronimo Navarro over Wimberley. Fort Bend Ridgepoint beats Fort Bend Elkins. The mustache lives. I like Alice over San Antonio Southside. And give me El Paso Franklin over El Paso Montwood. Canadian stays perfect with a win over Friona. Give me Anderson Shiro to stay perfect with a win over Corrigan Camden. And in our six-man game of the week, we got a big one. I like McLean over White Deer. And those are the picks. What am I wrong about? Which games did I leave out? Leave comments down below. Don't forget that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks for watching. Enjoy week nine of the Texas high school football season. We'll see you. There it is, the picks, my high school football predictions for week nine of the Texas high school football season. You can find that on texasfootball.com if you missed it, um, or I guess rewind this video. YouTube. Or YouTube. It's on YouTube. I'm supposed to tell you that. I'm bad at marketing myself. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com, texasfootball.com, where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. College football is upon us. And texasfootball.com, if you're interested in becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, you can go to texasfootball.com uh, and check that out, texasfootball.com slash insider. Uh, another thing you can find 
at TexasFootball.com is America's favorite segment. It's free money! Free money! No, it's not. My college football picks against the spread. We are joined by actual college football expert Ishmael Johnson now. Ishmael, hello. Hey, what's up? Um... I feel so bad he had to come in here just for this. Like, he hasn't had to be here the rest of the no, show. No, 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 no. I want to be clear. I want to be clear because you're, you're slandering me, and I appreciate it. That's what I do. Ishmael is always My invited to be on this show at all jobs. times. <laughs> his, he is invited to be on this show at all times. He has much better things to do than sit here. And, and do free money. I know. That's what I was saying. <laughs> I know. Much better that, things to right, do than sit here right. and be free money. I agree. I agree with you. And that's why. Everyone likes Ish. All right. Uh, last week, uh, nice bounce back week for free money. Five and five. Nice mm. bounce back week. Thanks in large part. Guy, oh. Actual college football expert Ishmael Johnson. So yeah. upset about saved that. saved me on my UTEP pick. Uh, otherwise, I would have been under 500. So thanks, Ish. We got that. I got that message in the Slack chat, and I was uh, wonderful. Ugh. So wonderful. Appreciate you, Ish. Uh, eight games this week. Uh, if you're interested, I'm currently 35-23-3 on the year. Still keeping that 12-game cushion, which is uh, mm. feeling pretty good. Now that we're in week nine, can't blow it down the stretch. Got to stay, or gotta you stay hungry. Got to stay hungry. Uh, as a result, we got eight games this week, including ones that kick off tonight. What is our first game, Ashley? Our first game is number 16, SMU at Houston, 6.30 p.m. tonight. SMU favored by 14 on the road. Which is kind of crazy, right? I mean, I, I mentioned this earlier. If you had told me before the year, hey, mm -hmm. Houston and SMU is going to feature a top 20 team, you'd be like, man, good for Dana Holgerson, <laughs> right? right? Really, really well. well. <laughs> Instead, SMU is obviously off to a fantastic mm -hmm. start. Um, a lot of this, uh, it sounds like Clayton Toon is going to play for Houston, which is a big advantage for them because he is better than Logan Holger Holgerson. He's better than Bryson Smith. He's their best active quarterback mm -hmm. right now. That's a big advantage. There are two major... There, there's one place that I think is going to be big advantage for SMU and then one place where they could lose the plot. The place that's the biggest advantage is when they throw the ball because they're all, their passing offense has been sensational this year. Uh, Shane Bouchelle, James Prochet, uh, Reggie Roberson, uh, their passing attack has been terrific. That is their biggest advantage. Uh, and by the way, uh, going up against Houston secondary, that has not been good. Also... Their running game, uh, they're going up against one of the one of the worst rushing defenses in the, uh, in in the AAC, which is going to be a, a, every time SMU has the ball, that's an advantage for SMU. Mm -hmm. If there's a place that they could lose the plot, it is going to be, and the biggest the biggest thing is they've got to make sure they do not give up big running chunk plays to Houston. Houston is going to try to run the ball, uh, and they are pretty good at it generally. When they get the running game going, mm -hmm. they're tough to stop. Yeah. And SMU's rush defense has been pretty good, but this is a big challenge for them. Um, I'm going to take SMU. I think SMU covers the 14. I wish it were 13 and a half because <laughs> it feels like they win by exactly 14. Yeah. But, but it's not. I'm going to take SMU minus 14. Probably looking at a uh, – my, my feeling is I'm going to push this one. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Um, I don't know what's the quarterback situation exactly because I feel like if it's Clayton Tune, then like they could probably get some garbage time. I think it's I think it's Tune. Yeah, yeah, they think he's back. So I mean, uh, let me see. I feel like Houston closes that gap. Yeah. Um, Our friend, but I feel like it's probably a three touchdown lead until the fourth quarter or something like that. Um, yes, I, I think you're right. I, they do say that. Um, 
uh, our, our Joseph Duarte at the Houston Chronicle mm-hmm. is reporting that he is expected to start. Yeah, we'll I see. I might have said, um, who knows? I might have said something different on Republican football because I've been going back and forth on this one. Yeah, so. they they don't. This has been late breaking. <laughs> he's he's been really like he's been legitimately questionable mm-hmm. all week long. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fifty fifty. But if he starts, it'll be a game time decision. Yeah, it sounds like it'll be a game time decision. I am going to take SMU minus fourteen regardless. What is next, Ashley? Up next, we have Mississippi State heading down to Kyle Field, 11 a.m. on Saturday. A&M favored at home by 10. Coming home will do some good for them. Um, they they tend, you know, they have this year been better at home than they have been away uh, from there. Um, if you're interested, if you're interested in this kind of thing, uh, the juice has been moving towards A&M. Uh, that, that the money has been um, going towards um a&M that they think that this is a, a uh, they have the advantage here mm-hmm. and there's there's plenty of reasons to think this if you're unfamiliar with with Mississippi State this is a team that is um I don't know there's not really great at anything mm-hmm. right they they run the ball okay uh, that's probably the place that they're gonna be uh, the, they're gonna be most uh, they're gonna they're gonna rely on the most is they run the ball pretty well uh, Kylan Hill their running back has been very solid. Uh, but look, they are basically. Uh, it sounds like is is Garrett Schrader getting the start in this one? The freshman. Ooh. I mean, you're talking about a freshman going into Kyle Field. That yeah. is not going to be. That's not going to bode well. It's not them. ideal. Right. That's not ideal. Uh, the other thing is that on the defensive side, this is a team that they are they they have a bad habit of giving up the big pass play. But the problem is for A and M. They are not a. They have not been a home run hitting squad. Mm. They have not, at least in the passing game. When they've had the, when they've broken off the big, the big plays, they've been on the ground. Um, this is a tough one to call. Golly, no going back on no, this one. If if Ish says something, you're not allowed to go back on this for a second week in a row. We're marking that down. <laughs> I think this game is right. At, I think it's a really good line. A Ten. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take. A and M question mark. I'm gonna take A and M. I'm gonna bite my tongue and and, and do it. Bite, yeah. bite my lip and do it. I'm gonna take A and M in this yeah. one. I think I took A and M as well. I don't feel I don't feel awesome about it because it feels like a ten point game and it wouldn't surprise me if they play with their food and mm-hmm. and they're able to and, and Mississippi State's able to run the ball effectively and keep the ball away from A and M. But the biggest thing is they have got to put stretch the field. If they stretch the field mm-hmm. against this Mississippi State secondary, then I think they're gonna they're gonna roll. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna take A and M minus ten. Yeah, no, I th- same thing. Um, I think Mississippi State's not that great against the run, and mm-hmm. A&M is best when they can have an option to run the ball, and they're mm-hmm. you know Callan Mond's not asked to throw the ball forty times. So. Yes, that I totally agree with. Yeah, all money aside, too, that's a that's a big game for A&M that they we talked about that oh, earlier no. this week. They have got to win this game they if need they need one. any hope. They need this one quite badly. What is next, Ashley? Up next, heading over to Conference USA, Southern Miss heading down to Tepper's favorite Rice Owls, 12 p.m. on Saturday. Southern Miss favored on the road by 10. Yeah, I've got bad news if you're if you're if you're looking at this and saying, oh, it's Tepper's favorite team. I'm I'm, I'm I think I'm done with, with mm-hmm. Rice. Good. Um, I've been telling you to be done since we started that this trend. Is, this is a this is a, a now. Here is the one thing: if you want to, um, if you want to talk yourself into taking Rice in this game. Mm-hmm. What you do is you say, okay, they're two zero and one against the spread at home. They're two zero and one at home as a home as a home underdog this year. Um, they are three two and one as an underdog. Right, the, the last week they were they were a dog, or they were uh, they were favored. Uh, but Southern Miss is a squad that we know has a, an offense, and their offense is probably going to I 
probably going to score. Yeah. That's something that I think is going to be the, the big advantage for them is every time they have the ball, their offense is going to uh, is probably going to do some things. And most particularly, there's a huge, glaring, giant red flashing sign that says, Hey, Southern Miss is going to throw the ball all over Rice. <laughs> and that's the biggest thing. Um, and, and, and one of the things we haven't talked about with Rice is their defensive line basically doesn't get any push. Mm-hmm. That's a big problem. And 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 you know they're they're okay, they're better against the run than they are against the pass, but the biggest thing is that they don't sack the quarterback ever. Like they're 116th in sack rate. That's bad. And if you're going to pressure this uh this Southern Miss, you're going to get the Southern Miss off schedule, mm-hmm. you're going to have to pressure them. I don't think they're going to do it. I'm going to take Southern Miss uh, minus 10. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, probably go with that as well. I, I just don't. I don't know. Uh, uh, Shahan brought up a good point on Republic of Football where you mentioned when's the bottom fallout sure, for, Rice. for Rice. Because as much as we've said they've looked improved, and they have been improved, but eventually losing ju- can get it can get to a player, can get to a team, right? Well, and, the other- um, and that's where Bloomgren, I guess, comes in to try and hold the ship together. But eventually you got to start wondering. Like, well, but here's the other thing is that you can make, I think you can make, if, if you want to talk yourself into this, mm-hmm. I think you can make a real argument that all of their best games have been at home, yeah. right? When they didn't embarrass themselves against Wake, that mm-hmm. ended up being a pretty decent result. Yeah. That, that no, was, they held their own against yeah, basically everybody. That was at home. Yeah. They played Baylor tight at home. Who they nearly s- beat Louisiana Tech at home. Yeah. If you want to talk yourself into Rice, it's that they're, it's that they're at Rice Stadium. Yeah. That said, I just don't, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done Mm-hmm. Hitch my wagon to him. I'm going to take some yeah. of minus 10. What's next, Ashley? All right. Up next, heading over to the Big 12. Number 15, Texas Longhorns travel up to Fort Worth to take on TCU. 2.30 p.m. Saturday. Texas favored by one. So it's a pick em is what yeah, it is. Absolutely. Uh, which is crazy because the, the weird thing is, like, man. You're like, looking at number 15 in the nation versus a very, very, very <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> That's the weird thing about this. Big 12 team. Now, like. it's, now it's swelled to two and a half, but when I wrote this down, it was at one, so whatever. Um, we'll be consistent. Um, this is a really... There's a lot of things. It's it's weird because normally I'm the guy who looks at the advanced metrics. I look at the SP Plus from, uh, uh, from Bill Connolly. I look mm-hmm. at the FEI from Brian Fremo. I look at these things. But then I also watch with my eyes, my eyeballs. <laughs> and normally... I can square those two, mm-hmm. and I can say, "Oh, okay. Well, Rice is Rice is bad. Uh, they they are bad in the rankings too." I think Texas is actually a decent team, but the computers hate Texas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They think that the underlying aspects of Texas are not very good. Well, then again, they were also they were also said they said something similar last year. Yes, right when they were creeping up the rankings, I I believe they still they were like. Roughly like twentieth in Bills mm-hmm. S and Connolly's S and P plus, so it was like they were kind of yeah. gaming the system a bit with how they were actually performing. So the weird thing is that so Texas's defense has not been good. Right. We've talked about that, mm-hmm. but where they've been most not good, <laughs> the, the 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 least good mm-hmm. is in the secondary. Mm-hmm. And does TCU strike you as the kind of team that's going to be able to to beat you in the secondary? Nope, no. Beach They're going to be running at. Arguably Texas' best players on defense, which is Keandre Coburn and you in the know, front. Exactly. Yeah. That is the biggest thing. Now, I'm very interested to see what this Texas offense does against what has still been a good TCU defense. Hasn't been mm-hmm. great. It's been a good TCU defense. Yeah. That said, 
in a pick'em game, I think you just go with the team that's a better team, and I think Texas is a better team. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take Texas uh, minus one, I guess. Yeah, no, uh, basically, like I hope you jumped on this line when it was favored when TC was favored. TC's favored because yeah. at one point, because that was not that was not going to happen. I just, uh, I, I, and I don't, I don't like literally any other TCU defense any other year, but this defense hasn't been that great, and yeah. Texas offense has been the basically thing they've Correct. hung their hat on this year. Yeah, and I don't look at. Amon G. Carter, like the Carter, as like a big place to go in, and, and it's not coffee. It's yeah, it's not that <laughs> yeah, different it's not, it's not of a TCU place to play. Of, yeah, it's not even TCU of a couple years ago. Right? Like, no, yeah, it, you. It's not. It's really SMU not that full in, in there. there. <laughs> uh, what is next, Ashley? Up next, we've got the Mean Green traveling to North Carolina to take on Charlotte, two thirty p.m. Saturday. UNT favored on the road by four. Nope, Charlotte plus four. <laughs> I've already made. I'm sorry. <laughs> just gonna keep I'm it sorry. going. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. I was right last week. And yeah. I'm keep riding this. I'm sorry. North Texas against the spread has been bad. Yeah. In fact, let me see if I can find what they have been this year against the spread, uh, because it has not been good. Um, come on now. Where are you? Hold on. You're listening to live coverage of me looking at this website. Okay. Do, 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 do. They have been. They are two and five against the spread this week. This mm. year, two and five. And now, and, and you know, they're one and two on the road. At, at you know, they're zero and two against the spread after a win. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. I I'm gonna take Charlotte plus four, even though I don't think Charlotte's very good. Like mm-hmm. that's the weird thing is that like if you if I were looking at this from a uh, from a point of view of like oh okay well let's like actually break down the the stats and things like that. Yeah. There's a lot of things that favor North Texas in this game. Most notably, if they're able to run the you know basically Charlotte's defense stinks. It's very bad. Um, but the one thing that they do is they get after the quarterback. They're seventh in the nation in sack rate. Seventh in the nation in sack rate. That is the biggest thing. And so, look, do I think that North Texas is better than Charlotte? Yeah. I've been burned too many times. We're reaching the point of the year. He finally learned not to put his hand on the right. stove. We're, we're reaching the part of the year where I hold grudges. And I hold a grudge against North Texas because I bought I bought in on them hard. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Charlotte plus four, even though I think that they're better. North Texas. I'm going to take North Texas minus four to Go counter where Charlotte is also two and five against the spread. Ooh! Oh no, you're Ooh. not allowed to change it. We are not changing. <laughs> no, your I'm not pick. changing it. No, you can't. So make it's a battle that. of teams that cannot cover. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. What's next, Ashley? Um, up next, heading back to the Big 12, Texas Tech at Kansas, 6 p.m. on Saturday. Tech favored on the road by three and a half. So, uh, again, this comes down to, much like it was last week with Texas, mm-hmm. it comes down to what you think of Kansas, right? Yeah. And obviously, mm-hmm. Kansas's most recent result was a very good one. They lost, but they're off. There. it was a very good one. This, what I'm really interested in is wh- how does the Tech defense show up on the road? Yeah. That is going to be, and we hear all the time the defense travels, right? Well, this is the time to prove it because you're going up against a Kansas offense that is moving the ball well. They are playing; they're they're moving the ball well. That said, the one thing is that de- that Kansas defense is quite bad. Mm-hmm. It's quite bad. That should be an advantage for Tech. Um, it is a night game in Lawrence. I don't know if that means anything, <laughs> uh, but I think Tech wins this game. And if they win this game outright, they probably win by like seven. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to take Tech. I'm going to take Tech plus uh, plus three and a half. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Um, I think Kansas' offense is better um, with Brett Dearman calling calling plays mm-hmm. now. Uh, Tech doesn't really stop the run, especially when you have when they have somebody like Puka Williams who can, mm-hmm. as as we saw last week, have a big game. Um, but I don't think Carter Stanley is going to have the game he did yeah. against Texas. Um, we have more evidence to 
to assume that he's not that great of a quarterback, mm-hmm. especially on a consistent basis. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if Puka Williams has about over 130 yards, 100 plus yards rushing. But I think Tech can. Uh, that's a that's a very low line for Tech. So. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, what's next, Ashley? Up next, we've got Ish's Bobcats at Arkansas State, 6 mm-hmm. p.m. on Saturday. Arkansas State favored by 11 and a half at home. Ish, mm-hmm. how you feeling about that? Uh, Tyler Vitt starting, uh, which can go one of two ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I can't remember who I picked, honestly, on the Republic Football, and I probably will switch that pick. Just Buddy, what's amazing about this game yeah. is that this is the movable object mm. against the resistible force. <laughs> because when Texas State has the ball, yeah. they are bad. Mm-hmm. When <laughs> Arkansas State is on defense, they are also bad. They are also bad. <laughs> Who is less bad? That is going to be the question. Uh, and you know what? Find out Saturday at 6. Find out Saturday Seriously. at 6 in Jonesboro. <laughs> you might, I mean, Coach Spavadol even said, like, you might see Cedric Case in this game mm-hmm. and, like, or Jalen Gibson. Like, it's – We are now I at the point – no idea what well, to expect and this from this is, offense this is, anymore. Like, okay. I don't want to tell Jake Spavadol to do his job. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Um, I'm now at the point where if you are Texas State, mm-hmm. why don't you just try everything? Like, I say you get weird. Yeah, get sure, weird offensively. Why not? Run the Wildcat with Jalen Gibson. Bob Stitzer, offensive coordinator, should get be getting weird, weird in the first place. I think they get weird. I think they lose by 10. I'm going to take Texas State uh, plus 11.5 at Arkansas State. I feel... It's uh, just so done with Texas God. State right now. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Let's be clear. He's done with their offense. Offense. Right. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um... Yeah, I'll take Texas State too. Yeah. Just because, just because. There you go. Arkansas Bobcat State faithful. is they can't run the ball, and Texas State's defense is terrible against the run, mm-hmm. so they wouldn't be able to exploit that. But they're also incredible at throwing the ball. Yes, which Texas State is better against. Yes, that's so. The thing. Uh, yeah, I think the I'll matchup get, is actually a decent one. It's yeah, that that side of the ball is decent, a decent matchup. But uh, yeah, I say 10, 10, a ten point loss is about right. What's next, Ashley? All right. Last but definitely not least, we've got La Tech heading over to UTEP, 7 p.m. Saturday. La Tech favored by 21 on the road. What's one of these big spreads against UTEP? I'm telling you. I mean, I you get know it. it is? It's free I get money. It, but come on. Now. <laughs> oh, it's free God. money. It's Ugh. free money. Okay? UTEP doesn't lose big. That's the thing. <laughs> UTEP <laughs> does not the lose big. Like, they are a team. Now, look. Everything in this game points to a Louisiana Tech win. Mm-hmm. And everything in this game points to a Louisiana Tech win by double digits. Yep. As it should, yeah. But not 21. But not 21. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that UTEP is going to be able to keep this thing within about 17. Yeah. And as a result, I'm, I'm a big believer in that. I'm a big believer in, in, in that UTEP, especially coming home, mm-hmm. going to El Paso is a chore. I'm going to take UTEP plus 21. I Louisiana think Tech only beat Grambling State by six. Like, they've, they've, their <laughs> one blowout win was against UMass. Yeah. And that was a 48 point, point spread. So, okay. sure, UMass yeah. isn't good either. Yeah, UMass is very um, good. Yes. Yeah, no, they beat Rice by three. Southern nope. Miss by fifteen. They don't blow. They don't blow. They, it is. They a, don't blow up. Yeah, they don't. Is blow a up team yeah. is a team that doesn't blow people out Mm-mm. going up against a team that, that doesn't get blown, get blown out. out. Come on, now. with the long yeah, with the long trip too. Yeah, yeah, and a long, long road exactly. trip. Exactly. Uh, so. a, a long road trip flying into beautiful El Paso. I like UTEP plus twenty one. Mm-hmm. 
So those are my free money picks. I like SMU minus 14 at Houston. I like Texas A&M minus 10 at home against Mississippi State. I like Southern Miss minus 10 at Rice. I like Texas minus 1 at TCU. I like Charlotte plus 4 at home against North Texas. I like Texas Tech minus 3.5 at Kansas. I like Texas State plus 11.5 at Arkansas State. And I like UTEP plus 21 at home against Louisiana Tech. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. There is uh, only one final thought, and it is that Daniel Agnew said final thoughts is America's favorite segment. Sorry, Tep. That's it. That's all I how got. Do you, Ishmael, how do you, Ishmael, you're, you're a millennial. How do you... Um, you are too, but okay. I know. Um, <laughs> how, do you, how do you block somebody on Facebook? Uh, we'll talk off. Let's talk. Well, it's okay. Right Daniel, now. don't worry about it because I got blocked on... I'm, I've almost been blocked like three different times by Tepper on Twitter, so we can, we can have like a whole Tepper block party. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending <laughs> part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks to Kyle Little of Harleton for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle and Ishmael Johnson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please give your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for Snapshot Day on Texas yeah. Football Today.